and welcome back to our podcast, School Buzz. I'm your host, Rebecca Cooksey, and today I have some creative people from CNI to talk about the Create Festival. So if you could introduce yourself, ladies, and give us a short bio, that would be great. Hi, I'm Krista Thompson. I'm the Director of Curriculum Instruction, and um, arts integration and the, the creative arts live with my department, and so I'm here just as a uh, moral support for the two ladies who really bring arts to life in our district. Hi, I'm Gina Wilson, and I'm the District Instructional Coach for Arts Integration and Literacy Intervention. And I work in Krista's department with um, Christy and the other creative folks to bring the arts into our academic achievement. Hello, I'm Christy Dino, a District Instructional Coach, also under Krista Thompson in CIA. And my wheelhouse tends to fall under English language arts and history, but we all work together when it comes to arts integration. Great. So we're here to talk today about the CREATE Festival. What is that? So the CREATE Festival is our annual festival that we usually hold at Lancaster Performing Arts Center. Um, and it's where we showcase our teachers and students interdisciplinary arts projects that they've done throughout the year. Um, traditionally, teachers apply for a mini grant and those mini grants are um, based on interdisciplinary lessons that teachers come up with or find um, where, and those mini grants help fund those projects. So traditionally that's what we do. And then that all culminates in our CREATE Festival at the end of the year. Um, that's always a great night where um, we can hold it at Lancaster Performing Arts Center. We have live performances outside. And the whole interior of the Performing Arts Center is filled with visual arts by grade level, and it's a great community event. Of course, things are different this year due to our current circumstances, though. So I've been to that Create Festival. I've seen the kids like perform out on the street and um, have, you know, they have dancing, they have singing. And then inside the LPAC was a bunch of artwork that was posted up, which was super cool. Most of our schools participate in this, don't they? Yes, most, we, most of them do. It's not a requirement for all schools to participate, but we've had a great turnout from year to year, from site to site. Describe how it will be different this year due to the pandemic. All right. So, of course, as you can imagine, the challenges are tremendous. And so Create Festival is just another one of those things that we've had to adapt and pivot with the situation and circumstances. So unfortunately last year, we were not able to hold the Create Festival at all in the spring, but this year we wanted to still have an opportunity for teachers and students to showcase their work. So this year we renamed our Create Festival to Create from a Distance, Voices and Viewpoints from the Virtual Generation. And uh, whereas normally in the past teachers have applied for these mini grants, received uh, funds and materials, and then completed their projects. This year, we are offering and opening up the door to any creative endeavors that teachers and students have embarked on this year. And basically our CREATE Festival will be in the form of a collection of you know, uh, images, videos, of those arts integrated, uh, you know, all of anything that they've done in the arts with their students this year, we're opening it up and we are going to actually just be displaying those in a district website via Google Slides. So we're going to put together a presentation and offer that to the community and to the district to be showcased. Yeah, a little bit different this year since we didn't, ha you can't do like an art project in the class and, and, you know, have them all work on it together since kids are home this year, made it a little bit more challenging for teachers and children. 
Absolutely. And so this year we're focusing on low cost, no cost. And Gina Wilson has done such an amazing job bringing ideas and different ways that that can be done in the classroom. So I'm going to let her kind of talk about what she's doing with the teachers and all the different ways that, you know, the arts can still be incorporated via distance learning with little to no cost involved. Great. And I know, Gina, you've done a couple like directed draws with kids during lunch, right? Yes, I have actually, Rebecca, with a lot of success. A lot of, um, we find that arts are very engaging and it's uh, a great way to incorporate something fun that students want to show up for. And, and that's kind of our goal. Yeah, and it, what a nice thing to be able to offer kids, especially during lunch, a social social group and, and get some arts in because they don't really have the chance to this year, especially with our reduced instruction time. Absolutely. We also found that families became engaged in that process. And we found that some of our um, children had their parents working alongside of them doing the artwork and enjoying that with their students. And that was really kind of an unexpected um, blessing in the whole thing. Oh, that's very cool. I love that idea. So tell me how, te how teachers integrate key standards like language, arts, and social studies with visual and performing arts standards. Yes, I'll be happy to. So there's a few different approaches that teachers can take when incorporating the arts. Um, it, from the standpoint of arts enhancement, teachers can use the arts as a hook to engage their students. Um, and some examples of that would be, for instance, like an illustration of a story event or character that goes along with one of the stories that they're reading that all ties into their language arts high priority standards. Um, or maybe an artistic rendition of a, of a cell using the elements of art like line and shape um, as connected to a science lesson. Um, arts integration actually involves connecting an art form with a content area with evolving objectives in bold that are very clear. So for instance, um, one example would be connecting an event in history with objectives in theater. And in that case, the art uh, elements and the content area are both progressing kind of like uh, in parallel lanes and they're both taught and assessed together so that it, it's very there's like an equal focus on both. That's great. Now art is very important to me. I have two artists in my family and I know that you're an artist um, but how do you combat when people say um, that visual and performing art should not take up time in a classroom? How do you respond to people that feel that way? in the distance learning environment when teachers have such a limited time with students. Um, and, and I almost want to say that um, we don't have time not to, to incorporate the arts because of the impact that it has on students. Um, it, the arts and the creative process exposes them to new ideas and perspectives. Um, it supports their social-emotional development. Arts enhance their engagement and participation, just wanting to show up for the class. Um, it, and it's been known that arts improve school climate, boost attendance, and there's just so many things that the arts can bring to students and to teachers and incorporating with the academics that I would say they're absolutely worth it. I think that the focus, though, does need to be on the high priority standards, and we do need to, to um, tie those in together with our arts activities. Right. I love that, that idea of tying those two together because our time is limited but not neglecting the visual and performing arts because it's so important for kids to learn to create and express themselves. That's part of uh, the four C's that are, you know, collaboration, creativity, critical thinking, and I'm forgetting the fourth one. What is it? Co 
cooperation. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm blanking there for a minute. I, I just bring that up though. Those are very important points. Um, I did a, um, a Zoom not too long ago with a STEM group from AB. And one of the things that they showcased in this was they have a high school that's an engineering class that has an engineering class. And they brought in the other side of it for creating sculpture. And so these kids wow. were creating really cool sculptures. I mean, it was last year they were showing us what the kids did. And they said the kids really felt that they could apply their engineering, not just to like a little robot that they've been doing, but to really express themselves. And it was just such a, a neat thing to see that they've incorporated those two things together. So That's I've been, a wonderful example. Yes. I, I was at the Create Festival, I think it was two years ago, and one of the projects was, um, it was a junior high, I think it was Armagosa, they did face masks. And I just love them so much. Uh, I contacted the teacher and I said, uh, what are you going to do with those face masks when you're done? Because if, you, if the kids don't want them, I would love to put them up in my office. And I still have them. As you first come into the um, Innovation Center, I have those masks up because I thought they were so cool. But can you give me an example of um, some of the projects that you guys have liked or you thought were super interesting? Sure. I think it's funny, um, the irony of you wanting the face masks and finding the face masks to be so interesting, not knowing what the future of face masks would hold. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I didn't think of that. <laughs> um, you know, being a part of the Create Festival over the last few years has just been one of the most amazing things I've ever been a part of in the district because, you know, every single entry into the Create Festival is priceless. Um I'm going to start with the experience of the kids, seeing those kids, the pride in their faces when they get to show, you know, their family members and their friends, look, you know, here's mine. This is the one that I created is, is unmatched. This, how they light up and, how you know, that sense of pride is amazing. Seeing those kids perform for their communities is absolutely amazing. And the joy that it brings to everybody who gets the chance to witness that. Um, being a former sixth grade teacher, one of my favorite create projects uh, is always the mosaics that Miller um, Miller Elementary puts out. Their sixth grade uh, curriculum, social studies curriculum, involves learning about ancient history and part of the arts and civilization and ancient history. And when you talk about ancient Greece and ancient Rome, were the creation of these mosaics, and so. Students are given the ability to come up using, you know, all sorts of different materials and they develop these beautiful mosaics to represent something that they've learned about in history while actually, you know, utilizing that art technique. So those are some of my favorites. I love when we get to see the PK and kinder art projects because when we think about really small children, often we think about, you know, very crafty types of things where they all produce the same thing but our teachers have done such a great job and we, we really emphasize giving students that opportunity to make their own artistic choices and create unique um, pieces that don't just all look the same. So that's been a joy to watch. I mean, there are countless um, seeing students writing poetry and incorporating the arts and really giving them that opportunity to express themselves and their voice and um, things that they may not normally get a chance to do. It's just been a real joy. Gina, I'm sure you have some favorites also. So one of my favorite uh, 
projects was done by a teacher friend of mine who actually was my mentor teacher when I was a student teacher. Her name is Marla Zahn, and she's a second grade teacher at Desert View. And she did a unit on tropical and temperate rainforests. So she, what I loved about what she did is she incorporated not only um, science, and it actually tied in with her language arts anthology, and she incorporated language arts standards and writing standards and reading standards. So reading one, ask and answer text questions, reading nine, compare and contrast, writing two, informative writing. She really tied in these high priority standards with a lesson on using oil pastels with watercolor resist. Um, and when I visited Marla's room, that was back in the days when we were actually in person learning. And she had done so much that was just all around her room. And I could see the evidence of the learning there and the creativity of the students. And it was just really amazing. And I actually have photos of that that are in the um, Arts Integration Drive for our district. So I we still have those projects. And she created a beautiful lesson plan so that other teachers could incorporate the same thing. So that, that was one of my favorite things. Oh, that sounds like a great project. And I know Marla because she's married to Marshall, who's one of my favorite people. We, we yes. rely on him all the time. Absolutely. Great, Gina. Thank you. I really enjoyed hearing about those projects. I'm excited to see the Create Festival this year, just a, a different way to do it. I want to give a community shout out to the city of Lancaster. I don't know if you guys used your cards, but I love those dining out cards. Um, it was great. I got to go out and ha actually have a meal outside, of course, but um, got to have a meal on the city of Lancaster, which was wonderful. Uh, yes, thank you. Yeah, those, those were great. Um, our next episode is on how to get hired. Uh, we're going to have Lexi and Mike come on and say what they look for when they look for candidates. Um, so if you've got a relative that needs to get a job, i got a couple, um, it might be a good one to listen to. So thank you ladies so much for participating. I will try to cut out all the places where the internet was a little bit hinky on this. Hopefully the audience will never know how creative this was, but um, it was a lot of fun. Thank you for coming on.